Hey, what's up, podcast? Worship leaders, friends, and pastors, thanks so much for coming back to the Worship Team Training Podcast. And we ask that those of you who are listening have not subscribed yet, please do so by following the stream wherever that you found it. We really greatly appreciate it. Welcome back to another episode of Straight Talk in which we remove the intro music, the fluff, the bells and whistles, and give you nothing but straight talk. Today's topic, how are you leading the broken in your church? Now that means through worship, that means through relationships. This is a throwback episode that I recorded back early this year at a time during when my family and I were sick and I was not able to get this podcast out. So it covers the, I I feel like it's very relevant very relevant to what we're going through today during this quarantine corona era. And we're dealing with our own brokenness in some way, people that we know, our family, our jobs, our ministry, whatever that may be broken right now. Put that in perspective to the people that you lead and worship, whether it's by streaming your worship services still, or if you are opening up your service to the public this weekend or in a short time coming. But I hope that you can glean from some of the, the things that I'm sharing and, and, and be encouraged by it because these were shared views that were given to me uh, through great men and women that I've known in my life that have um, really poured out their heart into what this means about leading the broken in our church. Be sure to check out our next episode on WTTU.co with Ross King, Nashville singer-songwriter, who's going to be co- talking about Depression, anxiety, and Jesus. Be a great topic. Be sure to go to wttu.co slash events. So let's go ahead and get to our podcast, and I hope that you enjoy. And hope, because today we're going to be talking about brokenness as far as leading the broken and leading as broken. You may not realize, but the people in your church are there for a reason as God's given you the opportunity to minister to them. So how are you doing it? broken or not. We live in today's society of, in the midst of depression, of anxiety, of fear, of there's also darkness. There's been things that have happened to people along the way. And in life, it makes a huge impact in the way that you are as human. And I believe that we do two things in life. When we lead worship, when we're in a church, as being Christians, uh, we either reject the things and of other people of where they've been or about brokenness, or maybe we do embrace it. I, for one, have been on a path and journey to embrace it. I want to be sharing more of my story as we go through this season here in 2020, and I have some upcom- upcoming programs for you that I think you'll really be interested in knowing more about my story and where I've come from and uh, what God has been doing in my life at this moment to get me here and where I'm moving going forward. Today, we're going to be talking about the people that you lead in church. How do you lead the broken? And how do you, as a broken person, lead worship? Now, many of us, when we lead week in and week out, we come to this place of either, man, I should not let my emotions show, and I'm going to just shut off everything else. And that's good. That could be good in some areas. It could also be very harmful in others because we are not being really who we are. I know when I started out leading worship, I used to have this thought of 
man, I'm just not good enough, or how can I lead worship? How can these people take me seriously? And I began a putting up a front. Years and years ago, I used to think that it was okay of just like hiding, if you will, behind the microphone or my instrument and just thinking that nobody else needs to know what's going on in my life. I'm fine because after all, I'm the one doing the job that needs to make other people happy, right? Am I hitting some chords here that maybe are reverberating in your soul? I know for me, that's what it was like. But what I found out later in life is that that really wasn't leading worship. It was faking it. It was just trying to make it through because I knew deep in my heart I was broken and I wasn't being true to myself. Now, how does that creep into our ethos as being Christians and believers and ministers in the church? What happens to us to, for us to believe that we can't really be who we are in a place of ministry when you have people there in your church that really want to follow and God and they want to follow your ministry because they need to have more hope in being the person of who they are with all their brokenness, with all their fractures. And and we have it all. Uh, I just don't think much of the time as a church, we truly embrace that. But did you know that that's really the essence of what leading worship really is? Because it's really about your people. Now, you've heard me say this before, those of our longtime friends and um uh, followers here on our university and worship team training, you've heard me say this for so long and it's so true. Leading worship is about leading relationships. Worship is for God. Leading worship is for people. And I really believe that as we are to worship the one true God, and what does that mean to worship God? It means to simply respond to Him according to who He is through Scripture. That's another thing that I've always said. Leading worship is about the people that you're leading. It's about the people who want to connect to an all-loving God, a God who loves and accepts them no matter what fractures and brokenness that they've been through. But did you know that that same truth is even there for you, worship leader, pastor, musician, singer, tech, wherever that you are serving the church? It's one thing for us to put on the worship clothes and shoes and say, all right, this is my time that I got to minister to people. But it's another thing when God may be wanting to call you in front of his presence first so that he can lead you in his worship. Have you ever thought about it that way? For me, it had. And this took years and years of, of, of my own growth and my own struggle for me to realize that, you know, Brandon, you don't have it all down. And the fact that you're leading worship and music in a church is really just a privilege from God anyway. I don't own anything. It doesn't belong to me. And if it's true, then what does belong to me? Maybe it's the very person who God made me to be. And if anything, I need to believe that if I really believe that God owns me, God also owns the rest of my brokenness, my struggles, my falling short, but even deeper than that, even further than that, my background, where I came from. Did you know that even the background of where you came from and the things that made you who you are today can hold you back moving forward? You don't ever want to let that be the excuse for what God has 
in your life for you to follow and for you to make a ministry for other people that they themselves can find hope and joy. We do that in leading worship. Did you know that? That in leading worship, we are sharing the hope that was given to us. We are sharing the joy even in the most darkest times. We are teaching people how to pray and how to sing even in hurtful times. It's very easy for us. And decades ago, when we led worship, music was different. Times were different. But the human heart was still the same. We can sing all these happy songs and we can put on the fake front for a while. But we knew even back then, we weren't fooling anybody. Now we live in this time where I think that brokenness has become more widely accepted because it's a lot more pronounced today than what it ever has been. I don't think that our brokenness has changed any. I don't think that it's gotten worse. I don't think that it's gotten better. I just think that it's being more talked about. There's a difference there. So what should that do for you, worship leader? Well, it should do the same thing as it did for David. When we look in the life of David, David led worship in the most desperate times, in the times that he was being sought after to be killed by Saul, when he was being... Uh, chased by the enemy, when every army on every side was about to crush him in and just decimate the people, David still looked up to God. Even when David sinned, David still put his priority back on the Lord. Even when David tried to offer his praise to God, that was not the way that God designed it. When he tried to bring the Ark of the Covenant before God, but he did it in David's way, not God's way, David still had opportunity to turn things around as God showed him, and he made the Lord his number one go-to, his number one priority, more than a go-to, more than a priority, a way of life, a way of living, a new way. So yes, I really believe that as we lead worship, we are to take seriously the things that um, that that make us. And for instance, there is a there is a reason why I have gone through the many things that I've gone through in life. And you'll listen in the next uh, broadcast, or e either you go forward or go backward to find it. I, I speak on the radio to 1.6 million people about my hurt, and I'm going to be doing it more often. Honestly, I'm going back on the radio show again with my friend Greg. I'm on the West Coast and talking about these things because I really believe that it's one thing for us to learn as, as musicians and worship leaders, it's one thing for us to learn, you know, guitar and keyboard and how to sing, but it's a totally different thing when we don't understand and we don't learn how to be human. And I think that's really um, just as much as a need as we're seeing today about the ability to talk about brokenness, we also need the ability to be human. In other words, that it's okay. It's okay to be human. It's okay to be broken because we serve a God who heals the broken. He heals us. And I really believe that if we, if you want to lead worship that really goes to the depth, that really goes to the bottom, that really meets people where they are, you have to go there yourself. Now, it doesn't mean, no, that you have to air your dirty laundry to everybody. No, it doesn't mean that you have to cry on stage and just be an emotional wreck, though that may be okay too, depending on what church you're in. It may not be okay. But 
I know in my church, they accept me and love me and my family for who we are. And I know I can get up in front of them and I can lead out of freedom without being afraid because number one, I'm not afraid of what happened to me in my background any longer. And I'm also not afraid of God healing me. I'm not afraid of God knowing what, or me knowing what God knows rather. And once we come to that crossroads of fear, but knowing like what Jesus says, who we are really to fear, the one who can kill both body and soul, which is God himself, then we truly find the love of Jesus that it does cast out every fear. It casts out every doubt, every, even the darkness of our brokenness. And that's when the light of Christ truly does shine to the heart because we're at a place where we can listen. We're at a place where we can be real. And that's allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you. When you read the Bible and you read, like pick any page, you'll see brokenness on on every crack of the Bible's verse, a, a crack in the chapter, a crack in the... Um, the pages that you turn, you find cracks of despair, cracks of um, hurt, cracks of pain. And what's awesome about the Bible, what's awesome about the Bible is that the Bible doesn't hold back. Now, for years and years, you see me maybe on this screen, or you've heard me in my podcast where I've talked about leading worship, making great music, and I still believe in that. But maybe it's just become an A's thing for me, for me, where I realize that as I'm getting older, I'm getting a lot more in tune with who I am as a person. And by doing that, I'm learning how not to be afraid, but it's taking steps day at a time. It's not just, I got here and, you know, I can talk about it because I'm free from it. You know what? We're never free from the, um, we're never free from sin. That's what the Bible tells us. We are free from, let me re-clarify that, we are free from not being imprisoned by our sin, is what I mean. We are free in Christ who sets us free. We are free in His love that forgives us of our sin. So those things, that's really what I'm getting at. We're free because the Lord Jesus has made us free. But... It also takes, I think, time and understanding for us to realize what are we really free from? What were the things that I've had to unravel in my life that has held me back for so long? And that does, and it has affected the way that I lead worship, the way that I interact with people in the church, with relationships and community, with my family, with everything, because it all is interrelated. Job 27.9, Job said this, Job said, will God hear his cry when distress comes upon him? In Psalm 61, 1, David says, hear my cry, O Lord, give heed to my prayer. We also hear God's response in Exodus twenty two twenty three. God says, if you afflict him at all, and if he does cry out to me, I will surely hear his cry. God heard the cry of Job, heard the cry of David. He hears our cries today. And what are those cries? The cries of the need to be healed, the understanding to have within 
who we are and a loving God and Savior and Holy Spirit who loves us as we are but doesn't want to leave us as we were, but he wants to take us to where he is. And that's the most beautiful thing about what I find in leading worship because we have that vehicle and opportunity to help move people from point one to point two, to help elevate their prayers, to help elevate their voices, and to sing on high. And even when they're at the lowest, I know people that I'm, I'm speaking to you right now. I don't know what's going on in your heart, in your mind, and your spirit. You do. And as I said at the opening of this broadcast, that I'm praying that it's something hopeful that you find out of here that God encourages you with. Did you know that that's how your people see you when you lead worship? That no, they're not putting their hope in you, not putting you on a pedestal, but but they are looking at you like, does this person have words for me to be encouraged, words that I can pray, songs that I can sing? No, it's not up to you. I've said that so many times, and I will always say it again. Leading worship is not about you. It's not about what you can do. It's about God doing it through you. But God does put you in that position where he wants you to see yourself as a leader of leading people. We do have that in our job to do. and But that first, I think our first job is coming before the Lord honestly about ourselves. And then secondly, it's, okay, God, now I'm going to take what I've learned from you And now I'm going to do the job you've given me to do, which is to lead people in the way of leading worship by the things that you've shown me, by the things that you've shown my family, um, the, the freedom that I have in you, Jesus. And yet there are still walls to be torn down within our lives every day of how to be even more free and how to have even more healing from the things that have hurt us along the way. The, the thing about leading worship and about ministry is that it's hard. Leading worship, leading ministry, I think working in the church is one, it is the toughest job. I think it's the hardest job ever. It is the hardest job ever. No doubt. Why? Well, because we're in a spiritual battle. We're having to work with people that, and, and to love people that at one time that they've been unacceptable like us. It's, it's difficult to really understand. It's, it's difficult to love. No matter what kind of hurt that they've been through, um, no matter what, maybe it could be a drama aspect within your team or your church, and it's, it can be hard to love others through that. It can be hard to love others when you know something that's deep and hurtful that you don't even know how to address, that could be hurtful as well. That could be hindering in how to lead people. That's what makes ministry so, it's messy on one hand, but yet it's even more beautiful on the other hand. It outweighs everything because the Lord Jesus is the one who works through all of our hurt, works through all of our imperfections, but yet leading a ministry is so difficult because it doesn't matter how much or if, if you get paid or not, it doesn't matter what accolades you get. It, it, you know, leading a ministry and working with people is the toughest job ever. It's a thankless job in some respects. And it can be a lonely job because it's not like you can just pop into work and everyone knows who you are and you've done all these great things and everything's just wonderful with your ministry and you just walk on cloud nine. I don't know anyone who leads a ministry that's like that. And I don't have to look any further than the Bible. 
because I see even the Pharisees, even Jesus' own, pe- Jesus's own people questioned him. His own disciples have protested against him. Well, are you sure? Are you sure that this blind man wasn't in sin and that's why he's blind today? What about his parents? It, it's like we're so quick to judge as people that we don't even take the very things that God showed us that serious. And I think that it's a really good gut and heart check for us all. Because if you really want to learn how to serve in the church and to be a real minister, I think it goes back to what we were just talking about. It goes back to being real human. It's just learning from the, the hurts and the struggles that we've been through and to see what the Lord Jesus has done through them. Eugene Peterson tells us that we must pray who we are, not what we think we should be. And I'd say this, the way of prayer is not to cover our unfavorable emotions and to make us appear presentable in God's sight. But I really think, I really believe that the soul of the worshiper uses prayer, God uses it, to expose the reality of our hearts before him. And then we witness in his timing, his transforming miracles of the heart and the glory of his work that is displayed. We read that in uh, Romans 8, 26. In 8, 28, he engineers all of our circumstances for good. So do you see, guys, as I conclude here with these final thoughts, let it soak in about how Psalm 105.3 calls us to seek the Lord and to get us to a, a good place where we can call upon his name, to give thanks, to sing of his word, proclaim to the earth what he has done. What better way is there to experience the mercy of God than by taking something so unmentionable and unprayerful that I have and then letting God turn it into something glorious, something for his work. And just like what he said about the blind man, this man existed for the purpose of my miracles to be seen, for the purpose of my work to come forth through him. Now I'm paraphrasing that section, but when you read John 8, 9, 10, you see how God, in every page of the gospel, every page of the Bible, how God works through all of our imperfections. So worshiper, worship leader, I want to leave you with these thoughts. Don't be afraid of who you are. Don't be afraid of who God has made you to be. And don't be afraid of the ministry that he's called you to because there's a greater work that God is doing within your heart and it belongs to him and it belongs with the people that he wants to make the ministry happen through you because it's really his ministry and it's his story working through your heart. Hey friends, thanks so much for joining us again today for this throwback episode of Straight Talk. Be sure to join us for more episodes, including the brand new Confessions of a Worship Leader, our regular Monday morning podcast, and this Straight Talk, which will appear again. Also, get your free newsletter and devotional by going to worshipteentraining.com. Also, check out and sign up for a free membership at WTTU.co. Until then, guys, have a blessed week with your services, with your streaming, and we'll see you back very, very soon. Love you.